0: Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. Amen. God's good. All the time. All right, let's jump into the word today. We've been in a an eight-week series talking about sort of doing a semi-deep dive into the subject of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to wrap this series up. Um, today we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're, we're going to remain in the same vicinity. Um, before I jump into the new portion of this topic, I wanted to quickly review something that we talked about several weeks ago. And it was the concept of three baptisms. How many were here for that? You've heard about the three baptisms three baptisms and so they are this is what they are number one is the baptism of or by the holy spirit number two is water baptism which most people are familiar with and then number three is the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. And so let's jump into an abbreviated review, and then we're gonna hit some new material. First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, verse 13, Paul says, For by one spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, that we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. Alright, so for by one spirit we were baptized into one body. Who's doing the baptizing in this verse of scripture? It's okay to talk back. Most of you heard the answer right there. Who's doing the baptizing in this verse of Scripture? The Holy Spirit is baptizing us into one body. Whose body? Jesus. Right. The body of Christ. So the Holy Spirit. This is the first baptism. This is what we would consider salvation. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. So we would call that the baptism of the Spirit because he's the one doing the baptizing or by the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is baptizing us into the body of Christ. This is what Paul was talking about in, his, in the second letter that he wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a very popular verse of scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, notice the language, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ. All right. So how do we become in Christ? We just read it for by one spirit. We are all baptized into one body. So to become in Christ, we must be baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. All right. This is what happens when uh, we are what Jesus called in John chapter three, born again. This is the initial salvation experience. This is what church people refer to as being saved. All right. This is when the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and we come to the realization that we need a savior. And then we in in turn surrender our lives to Jesus. Right. This is the first baptism. It's the baptism of or by the Holy Spirit into one body, the body of Christ. That is salvation. I think it's worth mentioning here that becoming a Christ follower is more than just saying a prayer. The prayer is just the beginning. Jesus can't just be our savior. He has to also be our Lord. right? He's not just a get out of hell free card. He's supposed to be the king of our lives. Yes, salvation is free, meaning Jesus already paid the price. I don't have to pay for it again, but true discipleship will cost us everything. All right. Now, the second baptism is water baptism. We don't have to spend a lot of time on that, although we probably could. But it's generally understood. Right. Water baptism uh, is something we can physically see with our natural eyes. And so the concept is, is much easier. It's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 28, 28, 19, when he said, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right. So water baptism is an outward symbol of what's happened inside of our lives. Right. Our inside man or our spirit was dead in sin. And then when we come to Christ, we're raised to life by the spirit into the body of Christ or into into his body. Right. So water baptism is an expression of that. When we go under the water, it's a representation of dying to self. The water is a symbol of the burial or the grave. And when we come up out of the water, it's a symbol of us being raised to life in Christ. Just as Jesus died, was buried and rose again. Again, the symbolism is usually pretty clear because we can see it with our physical eyes. That leads us to the third baptism, which we've spent a lot of time talking about, is the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. Now there are only a few events that are in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels. Most of the stories in those three sort of run parallel. They move from the birth of Jesus to the third year of His ministry. But John, however, writes from a different perspective and he covers the first two years of Jesus's ministry. That's why when you're reading the book of John, it feels a little bit different because he's covering a different timeline of the life of Jesus. But again, there are only a few things that are in all four of the Gospels. And we spent a lot of time going through the passages. Uh, I'm only going to reference one of them today and I'll give you the references if you want to look at them. Uh, The text tells us that Jesus would be the one who would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Matthew 3.11 says this. I, John, John's talking. I, John, indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He, meaning Jesus, will baptize you or baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. All right, so it's going back to the very beginning. Who baptizes us into the body? The Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ, and then Jesus in turn baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and fire. All right, you can read the other passages in Luke 3:16, John 1:31-33, 1, 1, and Mark chapter 1 verse 8 if you wanted to kind of cross-reference that. All right, so the Holy Spirit baptizes us into one body, the body of Christ. Jesus is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. These are two separate experiences. They can certainly happen at the same time, meaning that you can be baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, meaning get saved or find salvation, however you want to word that, and then immediately be baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit and fire. But either way, it's two separate experiences, even though they can happen almost simultaneously. Are you tracking tracking with me? Yes. All right, I'm going to give you one more passage of Scripture to sort of separate the initial salvation experience and being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire in Acts chapter 19, verse one. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm if you haven't if you didn't hear this before, you're like, he talks fast. I'm, I'm just trying to hurry and get through this. Uh, I apologize. Maybe I'll just slow down a little bit. Acts chapter 19, verse one. it says while Apollos was at Corinth. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so Paul asked, well, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus On hearing this, they were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Here's what I want to point out. These people were believers. They had already believed. Right. Paul called them disciples. They had already been baptized into one body. Listen to the words of Paul in verse two. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Right. These people were believers who had not yet experienced the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. It was a separate experience. All right. And we spent the last eight weeks talking about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about how his gifts flow from a place of relationship. And we've talked about the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit or to have this second experience. Now listen, this is, and this can be somewhat confusing for people. The truth is, is when we experience salvation, even if we never experience the second baptism, the Holy Spirit still lives inside of us. Remember, he's the one who baptizes us into the body of Christ. And again, I don't want to minimize the importance of being baptized with the Holy Spirit or the second experience as we're calling it today. I mean, after everything that we've heard the last two months, I can't imagine why anyone wouldn't want a relationship with the Holy Spirit or why anyone wouldn't want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit was a gift. I do mean, even know if Jesus has given you a gift, it's a good thing. The passage we just read in Acts 19 is 24 or 25 years after the day of Pentecost. And it's around 20 years after Paul had himself received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And why is this important? It's because the baptism in the Holy Spirit was of utmost importance to the early church. It was so important that 25 years after the fact, after the initial outpouring, they're still preaching that everyone should be baptized in or with the Holy Spirit. They could not have done what they did without the power that they received from the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, maybe you're wondering why I'm even talking about this. First of all, I want to reiterate the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit beyond the initial salvation experience. Because if you've only had the first experience, there's more to your walk with God that you can have. You can go to a deeper place, and your relationship with the Holy Spirit can just be it's wide open. It's it's amazing the things that He will do and reveal in your life. Now, secondly, no matter where you find yourself on this spectrum, maybe you've recently committed your life to Christ, maybe you're a longtime Christ follower. But you have, you're like the people in Acts. You're like, I haven't even heard that there was a, a Holy Spirit. I thought I got the Holy Spirit when I got saved, which is kind of true. But there's an, there's an additional experience. Maybe you're in that category. Like, I didn't know. I haven't experienced that. Maybe you're, you're a Christ follower who's experienced all three baptisms. You were baptized by the Spirit into the body, meaning you got saved or, or you know, experienced salvation. You experienced water baptism. And maybe you've also experienced that, that, next, that next experience of, of baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire by Jesus. But no matter where you are in your relationship with Christ, there's a place that our walk with God, that the, the playing field is level. And Paul refers to it as this, the fruit of the Spirit. Now look, we've spent weeks talking about who the Holy Spirit is and His gifts but it would be an injustice for us to not also talk about the fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, right? (laughs) Let's check those old records (laughs) all. Soon. If you guys were here during the COVID era, you heard our remake of that. It was called Old Time Holy Ghost. You want to hear it? <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit baptizes us into one body, remember we read about that First 1 Corinthians? We talked about it a lot today. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. By one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body. At that moment, the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit... Comes to live inside of us. You remember the time that our Facebook, we were doing Facebook live and that phone started ringing. Hello. Have you been here a while? I mean, we have an upgrade. It's like real video equipment. So we're always using somebody's phone and I was preaching and then the phone started ringing. And we're like, is anybody going to answer it? But it was the phone that was filming the whole day. Good times. Good yep. times. Those are moments I won't miss about the Elks Lodge. When people ring the doorbell, they can't get in. And they start going, burr, 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 and I'm like, what? Welcome to church at the Elks. All right. At that moment, the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. So even if you have not yet had the second experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, as described in the book of Acts, If you are a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit still resides on the inside of you. Now, as a result of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, our lives should be producing the fruit of the Spirit. But sadly, I think that our lives and the church are often producing the opposite Listen to the words of Paul in Galatians 5. We're going to read through this rather quickly and then we'll come back at another time and break down all of these, all of this list in more detail. In Galatians 5.19, Paul says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a pretty serious warning that he puts with these things that are contrary to living by the Holy Spirit. He continues, what are the fruits of the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, that's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Again, we just spent three well, we spent eight weeks talking about the Holy Spirit, but we spent three weeks specifically talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And while I believe that, the, that a, a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit will manifest more of His gifts, we cannot simply just make that happen. Because the gifts are given or they manifest as the spirit wills or as the Holy Spirit wants them to be given. All right. So a gift is something that we receive. But fruit is something you cultivate. So on some levels, pursuing or receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit is easier and is certainly more fun than trying to cultivate fruit. I mean, opening presents on Christmas Day is better than being out in the hot sun gardening and pruning trees. On some levels, again, it's easier. But pursuing the fruit of the Spirit is hard work. But Paul has some harsh things to say about people who elevate gifts above fruit. Sandwiched between 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we studied the gifts of the Spirit... In 1 Corinthians 14, where we read about the corporate moving of the gifts, there was a lot more to it than that, but that's what we focused on. Sandwiched between 12 and 14 is lucky number 13. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 13, affectionately referred to as the love chapter. Let's read this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Clanging means to repeat frequently, obnoxiously. Those of you with small children in your life can relate to this. <laughs> loud, clanging, banging, beating noises. Have you ever been around a kid? Like, It's usually your own kid because you notice other people's. But you're around your kid and he's making a loud, obnoxious noise and it just doesn't register at first. And then it's like, you know they just keep saying they're saying something or they're doing something just over and over again. Daddy, 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 watch this. Daddy, 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 dad, 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 dad. dad. Mommy, 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 mommy. I pooped. I pooped. I pooped. That's our life. Every time we sit down to eat, one of the boys will disappear, and then you hear it. I pooped. It's not like it's a regular schedule either, because we eat at such random times, but their schedule is timed perfect for whatever. <laughs> right. But they're just daddy, 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 mommy, 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 over and over. And at first you don't notice it. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, after a thousand times you hear it, but you don't hear it for the first time. It's like all of those times we're gathering up and then you're like, what, what? You ever been around a parent who won't answer their kid? <laughs> You're like, mommy, 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 mommy. You're like, dude, I mean, come, can you answer your child, please, before we all die? This is what Paul's describing. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and do not have love, which is a fruit of the spirit, then I'm just an obnoxious, repetitive noise. He continues, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. Notice how he's talking about the same things that we talked about in 1 Corinthians 12. I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not love. I am nothing. That's literally translated as nothing. It also means no one. I'm no one. I mean, how many times have we seen someone elevated because of their gift? The gift makes way for promotion. Their gift makes way for advancement. But their gift takes them to a place where their character could not keep them. Operating the gifts of the Spirit without the fruit of the Spirit will do damage to the kingdom of God. We will defame the name of Jesus. And the problem is, you know, Romans tells us that the gifts are given without repentance, and if you grew up in a, in a Pentecostal, charismatic background, like I grew up believing that if you sinned, the anointing wouldn't flow and that it would. And I believe if sin in our lives can remove us from the heads of protection. But I could tell you right now that people living in sin still operate in the gifts of the spirit sometimes. And if there's no fruit in their life and they're operating in that gift, it will bring damage. We've seen that here in Florida with the revivals and things that went on in Lakeland. And then all the affairs and all the craziness that happened that came out of it. And we're like, was God even in that? Yes, He was. He was touching people's lives and changing them. But there wasn't enough fruit. There was too much gift and not enough fruit. And we can't live our lives that way. Verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor... And I give over my body to hardship that I may boast. But do not have love, I gain nothing. In other words, look at all I've given to the poor. Look at how I've sacrificed my own body. Look at what I've given up for the kingdom. Paul says if we're doing what we're doing to be seen and not out of love, then we gain nothing. And then he describes what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there was knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away. I put the ways of childhood behind me. Now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith. Faith. Hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now look, I know contextually that chapter 13 is about love. But I think there's a bigger principle at play. Let me say again, when we use the gifts of the Spirit without the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we do damage to the kingdom of God. What happens is, is we create a disconnect. Our lives become out of alignment. One of our stated core values at Everyday Church is authenticity. We have to be a place where what we say we believe and how we act is in alignment. When we profess to be people of the spirit, but live like children of the devil, we are being unauthentic to our faith. When the way that we live is misaligned with what we can, what we profess, we are creating breakdowns when we are supposed to be creating bridges When my Facebook posts or tweets contain just as much vitriol, hate, and dissension as everyone else in the world, I have become a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. When I care more about saving America than I care about saving Americans, I've crossed a serious line. If I am a Christ follower and the Holy Spirit is inside of me, there should be some evidence or proof that he lives there. If there's no love and there's no joy and there's no peace and there's no patience or kindness, but I can speak in tongues with the best of them and I can prophesy with the best of them, then Houston, we have a problem. Look, I don't want to be a burden to the kingdom of God because what I say I believe and how I live are misaligned. I don't want people having to come behind me constantly and clean up my spiritual messes because I have no fruit in my life. We're called to bear one of those burdens, not be one another's burdens. Listen, I know the back end of this message has been strong. And in days gone by, I would say, I'm sorry it was so strong, but not today. We're living in a world that needs to see the gifts of the spirit manifested. But the same world also needs to see an army of believers who are full of the fruit of the Spirit so that what we say we believe and how we live are in alignment. Look, and I know it's not easy. Again, gifts are something we receive. That's easy. Fruit is something that must be cultivated, and that's difficult. Having healthy fruit trees takes hard work. Having healthy any kind of vegetation takes hard work. How many have plants that just die? Not you. you. Everything you have. Okay, let me rephrase the question. How many of you have plants and all of them die? Not some of them. We've all experienced a plant that dies. Yeah. I appreciate it when people give us pretty plants and stuff, but... It's not gonna make it. It is not gonna make it. It's hard work. Let's to have another day. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't planning this, but it just happens sometimes. If you're new around here, we take rabbit trails occasionally. Uh, all right, so we're <laughs> we're in the backyard. We have this garden area, which you know we don't own the house. If we did, I would take it all out. <laughs> and hopefully put a pool there. That's what I'm praying. When I sit on my back porch, I'm like, God, thank you for the pool that's right there. Um, so we have this garden area and it had some stuff, you know, Gone. it's got sprinklers and it's got these sprinklers with the, it's, you know, whoever owned the house previous to us, put them in itself. Like you could tell it wasn't like, you know, what? Yeah, it's just like PVC pipe sticking up out of the ground, the sprinkler head or whatever. Probably save himself a ton of money. If you're handy like that, God bless you. I have no idea how to do anything like that anyway so you know you got to change these things on the hose and redirect how the water's coming out and then it it waters everything which we don't do so you know we we are grateful when the rainy season comes and then our stuff looks like it's alive for like three months and so katie was out there working one day we were doing a bunch of stuff in the backyard and she cleaned up all of this you know just vines and all the stuff that was choking it out and it was man it just looks so good and we had—I had forgotten—we had, forgotten, uh, we had our, still had our Christmas tree hidden, like behind this tree or whatever. I was like, "Oh, our tree's still back here!" Because we don't—part of our rent, the lawn care is included, and so I don't really go. You know what I mean? Like I don't do that. But anyway, so I was like, "Oh, well, maybe we should just burn that." And I learned that from you guys. You guys have a Christmas tree burning party every year, and um, if you had invited us, this wouldn't have happened. It's, it's just, <laughs> this is your fault, the way. This story—I'm about to tell. <laughs> Um, all right. So we're back there. And so we got this space and we've learned because we like to do fires and stuff. But we have a fire pit. But if you put it on the grass, it burns the grass and, um, you know, it burns a big thing around. So like, let's just put it in the in the landscape. And this story is going way longer than I wanted it to. Just hang with me. I'll try to speed it up. So we have this big circle, the shrubs, we'd all cleaned out. And there's this big space where I put the fire pit and it's like no big deal. Right. And so. I get the fire going. We're burning all the shrubs and all the stuff that we had. And then I just threw the Christmas tree. <laughs> so I throw the Christmas tree on. Now I know why if your Christmas tree catches on fire in your house, you've got problems. Should have called Brent first, I guess. So Christmas tree on the fire pit. <laughs> flames. Flaves, you know, it burned down. It was fine. I broke up, the, I got the, the big, I got the trunk of it out. I broke it in pieces and we burned it. But in the meantime, I scorched every single plant that Katie had been working all day. Seven hours. She's going, seven hours. Seven hours I spent on that. One of the PVC pipes goes, Vroom. it's just bad. But it still works. We don't touch it. It might fall over. But What I'm trying to tell you is that gardening, fruit trees is hard work. Even when you try to take care of it, sometimes it goes wrong. If we're going to cultivate the fruit of the spirit in our lives, we have to be committed to the seven hours and we have to be committed to messing up sometimes and then fixing it after the fact. Our lives aren't instapots. We can't just set it and forget it. We have to intentionally cultivate the fruit of the spirit in our lives. We talked about this a little bit at our e-group this past Thursday. You know, the truth is we all say we want revival. We want times of refreshing. We want fresh oil or whatever biblical analogy you want to use. But a lot of times we're missing out on the very refreshing that we're praying for because there are areas of our lives that are misaligned. See, many of us are experiencing the blessing of God in some areas of our lives while simultaneously struggling in others. Peter said it this way in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. How many of you could use a refreshing of the Holy Spirit in your lives? Peter gives us. Peter gives us the answer. Repent then and turn to God. See, refreshing and revival only come through repentance. Repentance. And repentance simply means to change your mind or to turn around and go the other way. And so today, as we talked through a flyover of the gifts of the Spirit, I mean the fruit of the Spirit, I want to challenge you and call our church to repentance. What areas of your life What areas of my life are misaligned? What fruit of the Spirit am I refusing to cultivate because it's too hard? Maybe it's peace. We're in a season where peace seems to be hard to come by. So much turmoil in our world, we can easily be swept up into a state of worry. Gas prices, the the housing market, inflation, wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said in John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Is it peace that we're refusing to cultivate because it's too hard? Is it joy that we're lacking? Some of us, including myself, have a resting lemonade face. You look like you've been baptized in pickle juice or lemonade. I'm not a mean person, but when I lost my hair and grew a beard, people just think I'm mean. Why are you laughing? It's true that people think I'm mean or that I am mean. This is why she's in kids ministry usually. I can't deal deal with this on the front row. It's true. I don't like a lot of people, but I'm not mean to people. <laughs> but nobody in here. If you're here, I love you. <laughs> drive through is too expensive. We don't do that anymore. That's why there's no stories. We don't have enough money to go to the drive-thru anymore. <laughs> so we're trying to get healthy, but it's not working. <laughs> All right. Is it joy that you're lacking? Is it peace that we're lacking? Again, it's not, it's, it's not as simple as just, oh, God, help me with this. And you've got to cultivate it. Is it love that you're lacking, that I'm lacking? It's easy to love those who look like us, think like us, believe like us, especially vote like us. But what about our enemies? What about the ones who don't look like us, the ones who don't think like us? What about the ones who don't vote like us? Can we love them? Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. It didn't come play. I'm asking you to be reflective. I'm asking you to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you areas of your life that are misaligned because we all have some. We all have some. We all have areas. And The reason I talked about repentance at the end is because the reality is there are areas of our lives where the fruit of the Spirit is not manifested and we need to repent of that. There are people that we see and we're not loving them the way that we should. We need to repent of that. Oh, God, send revival. He can't send revival until there's repentance. Oh, God, save our generation. Oh, God, save the church first because we got problems. And I certainly don't want to be doom and gloom on the church. The church is the hope of the world. We're the bride of Christ. we got to get it together. We need the fruit of the Spirit to begin to flow through our lives so that when the gifts of the Spirit move, people don't see misalignment and they go, I can trust that person. So I'm asking you today to be self-reflective, to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal areas of your life that are in misalignment. I'm doing the same thing. God is calling us to be people of his spirit, not only his gifts, but also his fruit. Can we do that just for a moment? Would you bow your head at your seat? Adrian's just gonna play for a moment. And I want you to have a moment, just you and the Lord, just you and the Holy Spirit. We're not gonna take a lot of time here, But for you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you areas of your life that are in misalignment and areas that you might need to repent so that times of refreshing can come. I'm going to stop talking. Let's just take 60, 90 seconds and just wait on the Holy Spirit to speak to our lives individually. Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church. We'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.